So uh, I, I promised the lilies um, when they went away, I said, um, look, I, I don't know how it's going to go, but I promise that you'll have a church when you come back. So we made it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, having two churches or zero churches were both bad outcomes. <laughs> so we've got one. We're still here. We're good. Um, but no, it's been, it's been great fun. And um, if you've been around for, um, for, well, for last week when we had Ben McGregor up, he's got this huge heart for mission, exactly what Jacinda was talking about before, saying we are the vehicle for God to move in this world. And so we're going to be continuing on that note today, this morning. Um, but uh, can I just ask, do any of you have uh, missionaries in your family? Any, okay, there's a few people. Well, um, you'll know then um, that what that means is that you often um, will be the recipient of slideshows. Did you ever have the actual slideshows with us? Well, we, we got to experience this. Um, and uh, I, actually, I'm stoked that some of my family's here today. I always love it when my, um, when my family's here. I give them a shout out. If you're thinking, oh man, he's, uh, Kieran's got a different haircut this morning. Um, that's actually my brother. He's a different person. Um, so uh, just to clarify... Um, but no, I, I love my family heaps, my mum's here, um, and, oh, she's awesome too, um, <laughs> but, um, so I think I might have told you before that, um, mum was adopted when she was young, and so my family from, on that side, they're, um, British, and so my uncle Jim and Auntie Val, um, they were missionaries for a long time, for many years, um, in a place called Arian Jaya, and, um, that's, kind of, it's part of Indonesia, it's known as like West Papua, um, it's, uh, I've, I saw many slideshows, heard lots of stories, and it's probably quite similar to what you're thinking when you think of missionaries going overseas. Um, I love them to bits, and I'm stoked that our, our family had these guys doing this, uh, this good work. But one of the things that they brought back to us um, as a gift one time was, was a game they called Aryan Memory. And so this was the game memory where you have face-down photos, um, and it was pictures of people, the locals in Arian Jaya. Um, now, the thing about the locals in Arian Jaya is they have different clothing styles to us, um, often using things that they can find around the place, and often using not much at all. <laughs> so we, as kids, we would play, we, we got this game from them, Arian Memory, and we thought, oh, this will be cool. And I got some demos of the photos up here coming up. Um, but the whole premise of the game is trying to burn these images into your memory. And we saw some things that we probably shouldn't have seen. I've chosen some of the, like, I've chosen the censored ones to show you here. Um, but we kind of have a running joke now that if uh, Aryan memory was not a pleasant time for us. <laughs> but... Um, these sort of pictures might be familiar to you if, you if you think of mission work, if you think of the work of a missionary. And um, this can be where our mind jumps to when we hear this word of doing mission. Um, somewhere in a distant land with um, kind of a remote tribal community. Somewhere where you can go on a plane and get a picture of a plane wing, you know, as you go. Somewhere in a distant land. Um, but this morning I want to talk about how that, that might be a bit much of a narrow view of mission, that actually we're called into an everyday mission. We're called into a mission that starts with where we are right now. So this is what Jesus said to God the Father in John 17 verse 8. He said, as you sent me into the world, 
I have sent them, talking to, about his disciples, into the world. And in the message, it says, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. So this morning, we're going to talk about this mission that we've been given by Jesus. Um, what is this mission? Well, the Apostle Paul in the, in the Bible had a good grasp of this. He, he wrote this. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So the most important thing for Paul, his understanding of his mission was telling the good news of God's grace. And if we've said yes to Jesus, if we've, if we've given our lives to him and said, yep, I'm up for what you're calling me into, then this is part of our responsibility, sharing the good news of who God is. And this morning, we're going to look at how God wants to use our whole lives. He wants to use our every day for this purpose, for bringing other people into the family. This is your life mission. This is our life mission. But before we jump into it, I just want to quickly touch on something, because for some churches, and depending on your background, this might have been your experience, for some churches, mission or outreach, they're kind of code words for running programs to get people inside the building, right? To, to get people into church. Um, so they'll run big events to, to gather people, and it's kind of more like an in-grab rather than an outreach. And uh, <laughs> a lot of, uh, and, and in recent times, a lot of people have looked at this model and said, hey, maybe, maybe this isn't complete. Maybe this isn't working as well as what Jesus had originally planned. And so there's been this critique of this traditional model of trying to get people inside these four or eight walls. Um, you know, that's a critique of this model saying, maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe we're supposed to be sent outwards into the world. And, and so some of you might have heard of this thing called the missional church movement. And all of this is about flipping it the other way around, saying that actually Jesus came into our world. He was sent into our world. And so we're sent to do the same. And now there's this whole movement which is built around this. But there's also a critique for that movement too, because there's part of the picture that they could possibly miss out on. They can miss out on being a family of believers together. Um, they can miss out on the opportunities for Bible teaching and, and worshiping together. And so you can spend a lot of time arguing between these two models, and trust me, people do but we're not going to this morning because I, I want to say if we want to complete the mission that we've been given, then we need both of these. It's a both and. We need to be attractional and we also need to be missional. We need to bring people and we also need to go. And so this morning um, I've called the talk uh, Bringing and Going and or Going and Bringing, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Um, but I think we can, we can often waste a lot of energy trying to decide which of these things should we be. And, and I think Jesus is calling us into both. So I just want to pray before we continue. Let's pray. God, it's kind of scary in a way that you've put so much trust in your people to spread your message. But I thank you, God, that you don't leave us alone to do it. That you give us your spirit. You, you lead us, you call us, and you are already doing work in the people that you want to reach. So God, I pray this morning that as we explore this together, that you would give us a heart full, ready to, to reach out to the people around us. 
that you would give us wisdom to, to act in a way that's effective, and that you'd capture our hearts so that we'd, we'd be able to love people the way you love them, God. Speak to us this morning, God, and I pray you'd, you'd bless these words and, and plant what needs to be planted in our hearts this morning. Amen. All right. So going. So where does God expect us to go? Well, for all of this, pretty much for your whole life, <laughs> Jesus is our example. When in doubt, Jesus. That's what I learned at Bible college. Uh, <laughs> Jesus told his disciples to follow his lead. And he gave us these instructions. This is Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So you might read that and think, okay, cool. Just all the world and everyone. That's great. <laughs> but, but Jesus broke that down a little bit for his disciples. Um, this is how he told his disciples after his resurrection. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's pretty easy for us to breeze over that list of places and just see it as, as a bunch of places, you know, another way of saying everywhere. But, but Jesus was actually in Jerusalem when he said this. And so he's being quite specific with the places that he mentioned. So what he's meaning is start with where you are. Start in your own backyard. See, completing our life mission or starting on this journey of completing our life mission means starting local. Starting being a witness right where we are in our everyday lives, with our families, our, our neighbors, our colleagues. And I know this doesn't sound as flash as getting to go on a trip overseas, um, jumping on that plane. But if our goal is to spread the good news of God's goodness, we can do that everywhere. And in fact, we need to. I want to show you something um, that I put together because I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, <laughs> and I, um, I plotted on a map some of the, the locations of where some of our regulars here at Coast Vineyard um, live on the coast. Now, I know this sounds a little bit stalkery, um, but it's not, I promise. And, um, I don't want to bore you with the details of how I did this. Um, no, actually I do. <laughs> so I got a CSV export from our CHMS called Alvanto. I brought it into a Google Fusion table which geocoded the locations and then I exported it as a KML into Google Earth where I could visualize it over these 3D aerials. It was so, yeah, you can have that one for free. Um, so this is a bit of a zoomed out view of where some of our regulars um, live. You can see there's quite a big range, right? Um, there's quite a big spread. I've got another view here next up on the next slide. Okay, this is the Hibiscus Coast. That's Whangaparoa Peninsula. Um, and each of these dots is a person or a family um, who's, um, who's living somewhere on the coast. Okay, I've got another view there on the next slide. Ooh, we've gone 3D. Come on. Um, but look at, all those, look at all those pins. That's pretty cool. And what I see when I see this, I think of, uh, just imagine if all of us reached out to our little area around us, we could change the whole Hibiscus Coast. And I think that's what we're called to. We're called to spread God's good news to our, to our backyard first. Um, and you, I know everyone's looking for their own pin at the moment. Eh? <laughs> I, I can see it. Oh, that's us. Um, I'll put the names up later. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But with, with just a little 
just a little bit of a movement outwards, we could dramatically change our neighborhood for good. And that's why God's put us here in this neck of the woods. So who do we start with? Who do we, re- who do we reach? Well, we can start with the people we come into contact with already. We can start with the people that we have something in common with. Um, the, the Apostle Paul actually talked about having something in common with people to build a connection so that he might have a way of sharing faith with them. Um, this is what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet to a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. And what Paul's talking about is using the things that we have already to, to build connection with people. Um, some, for some people, they see this as a kind of less spiritual thing or a, a less sacred thing as the things we do in church. But this is the, these are the places where we actually get to speak into people's lives outside of this. So what this can look like for us is just doing what you love and inviting others to be part of it. And being deliberate about the things that you can do alongside other people. Um, If you're genuine friends with people and you make an effort to do things alongside them, you will get opportunities to talk about the big things of life and to share your faith. So you could book a fishing trip and keep extra spaces for someone else to come along. You could find others to go on a bushwalk with. You could play music with others just for fun. You could have people over to watch the All Blacks. Cook a meal. Invite people around to play your favorite board game. Even you could have a LAN party. And I know <laughs> some of you are like, what is that? Um, I know sometimes uh, our, our video gamers get a, a lot of flack, but that can actually be a way of reaching people in another kind of community where they otherwise couldn't be reached. I, um, I heard a comedian um, say this uh, this line, that they had, uh, they had a foolproof remedy for aging, distance. <laughs> that for their wrinkles and their facial features, that without fail, if people stayed at a distance, they look fine. Um, and this is, this is what sometimes we can do with people and, and the world around us. It's, it's safer to keep people far away, because then they don't see our flaws and our yuck stuff. But that's not where the life is. That's not where we get to actually share the meaningful things of life with other people. Um, I work part-time in an engineering office, um, and uh, engineering offices aren't known for their um, spiritual chats. (laughs) But I was having a meeting with one of my colleagues, and I felt this nudge to to pray for him, that um, he'd had this sore neck and these headaches, and I kind of just felt this nudge to pray for him in this meeting, and we have, a, we have a kind of an open plan office. Um, so I, you know that awkward feeling when you're like, you know God's wanting you to do something, and you really don't want to, and you're having that little battle? <laughs> I had that battle, so I don't think I was very productive in that meeting. Um, but I, I said, 
hey, look, I'd actually really love to pray for you. And he, he went along with it. I prayed for him. And um, a couple of days later, his headaches and this migraine thing that he couldn't sit properly. He was having a whole lot of pain. It had gone. And, but the hard part was in between because I, had to, I prayed for him. And then I had to go sit back at my desk next to him <laughs> and, and then continue engineering. And it's almost, in a way, it's kind of easier to just meet a random on the street because you, you don't ever have to see them again. And so there's a kind of challenge for us with the people we're close to day in, day out in our lives. It takes boldness. But there's such good stuff on the other side. And if we don't take that step, then we're not going to be able to have that influence in their lives. And having that relationship is the best place to speak into people's lives for things of faith. Okay, so Jesus started local, and then he talked about Judea and Samaria. So these were, Judea was kind of like the wider province. It was, for our equivalent, the, the greater Auckland region. And Samaria was the neighboring area with, with people who were of a different culture to the locals. So the call was to go further afield, to, to places where the people were not like the disciples, to, to people who were different to them. And for our setting, you think of Auckland. Think of the, the number of cultures that we have in our midst. Even think in this room the number of countries that we've got people who've come overseas from. We have a call and an opportunity to step across those cultural boundaries and reach out to people. One of the best things that I, I feel that I've ever got to do um, was when I was in uni, I got to volunteer with a friend of mine for Refugee Services uh, Auckland and helping a Burmese family settle here in Auckland. And one of, I mean, I loved to do that. I got, a, I got to build a great relationship with them. They were still good friends today. Um, but it really opened my eyes that I thought New Zealand was such a great country I still do. Um, I thought it was, we have all these great systems, it's, everything's set up for you to succeed. But seeing it through their eyes, it can be a really scary place if you don't know the culture, if you don't know the systems, if you don't know that you can go to a place and fill out a form and get a benefit, which is what we had to help them with. Um, just being a, a stranger in a strange land can be a massively daunting thing but we have an opportunity to reach out to people in that boat. And Jesus ends that list by saying, go into the whole world, go into different places, go to the ends of the earth to, to make disciples. Now, for some of us, this will be a call to go and live overseas in, in a different context. Um, and I, I love stories of people who have chosen to make that commitment because I know what it costs having seen it within my own family. But I also know how much fruit comes from it as well. Some of you might have that call in your life and you might know it. Some of you might have that kind of inkling and you don't know where it might be yet. And for some of you, it will be just for a season. But I do know that this, this point in history, we have, we have such a unique opportunity. We can go almost anywhere in the world um, in less than 36 hours jump on a plane, and get to most places in the world. It's pretty cool. In my own experience, I've, I've had the opportunity to go to Cambodia and Nepal. Um, I, I have to joke about it now because I think I talk about Nepal every time. <laughs> so here we go. Um, but some of you will know that we've, um, we've established this connection with the Himalayan region vineyard churches 
over in Nepal. And that there's plans being made for a trip next year to go. Um, and if this is something that's kind of stirring in your heart, that there's something there for you, I really encourage you to go, to, to get amongst it. Um, I know in my own life, going on, these, um, going on these trips has opened my eyes massively to the experience of the majority of the world um, who, who aren't as fortunate um, materially as us, but also opened my eyes to the activity of God in a different context. Um, it's honestly been one of the most um, faith-filling things for me, um, and it's been such a boost. Um, but I did want to mention that we can sometimes treat these kind of trips in the wrong way and use them as a kind of, like we save up all our mission effort for when we can go on one of these overseas trips, right? Um, and hopefully you can see that this isn't what Jesus talks about. He doesn't talk about going in little two or three week bursts. He talks about a lifetime of mission that starts local and goes and expands from there. Um, so if this is close to your heart, heartbeat to go on one of those trips, please go. It's awesome. It's great. But also, start now because the, the mission won't start and end on your trip. It will be a lifetime of following Jesus. Okay. So we start closest to us, and we expand out from there. So how do we actually go about this? What does it mean to uh, share the good news? Well, let me break it down. Telling the good news means telling people good news. Is that helpful? <laughs> well, the word gospel means good news. And God says our mission is to pass that on to other people. And look, for, for those of you who are here and you've um, committed to following Jesus, you're here because someone somewhere told you the good news. It may have been your family, it may have been a friend, but somewhere, somewhere someone did that for you. The thing about good news is that when you have good news, you can't help but share that with the people around you if you realize just how good it is. Um, I, I always uh, joke about this because another part about working in an office is um, a thing called water cooler chat. And <laughs> it's the small talk that happens around the water cooler. And one thing that no one ever prepared me for when I started full-time work is that every Monday, without fail, people will ask you to report on the status of your weekend. How was your weekend? Oh, okay, sorry. I should have prepared a written report. Um, but every Monday without fail. And so, you know, you get used to hearing the different um, answers. Oh, had a pretty chill one. Oh, your weather was pretty good. Um, oh, the All Blacks game was good. Yeah, sweet, sweet. Um, we used to have a bit of a competition, actually, to see who could talk about the most boring thing for as long as possible. And so I think once, for about 10 minutes, I talked about the toast I brought in. But anyway, um, I just imagine this scenario. Imagine if you'd had a huge life event um, over your weekend. Say if you got married on a weekend, and you went into your office on Monday, and people said, oh, how was your weekend? And you said, oh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, cheers. There would be something weird about that, right? Something doesn't quite fit. Because you've had this huge life-changing event. And I don't know if you've ever been around people who are in the wedding season. They can't stop talking about it. Um, but, <laughs> but for us who have experienced God's love, who know that there is life and hope in Jesus, that there's freedom from shame, that 
we actually can walk in God's future. We can step into it now. This is the, this is the greatest gift. And isn't it kind of weird that we're not pumped about it sometimes? Um, because I, I know, the truth is we can sometimes get complacent about the good news that we have because we can forget what it's like to be living without it. See, most people, when they think about Christianity, they think about rules and regulations and behaving and doing the things you're supposed to. But we actually carry a different kind of news with each of us, that the gospel says, come as you are, that Jesus has made this life available for all of us, that that none of us are worthy of it, but we still are offered it. And all we have to do is say yes to God. It's not a religion based on a whole lot of rules, but it is a relationship on offer with the God who made us. That's why I love hearing new Christians talk about their faith, because they're pumped about it. They know what they've come from, and it's fresh. So the simple things we can do is to to recapture that heart of how good is our good news. But we can also be telling the stories of what God's up to now in our lives. That's one of the simple ways we can share this good news. In the Bible, this is talked about as being a witness, which is just to say, this is what I've seen. This is what I've experienced. Um, And last week, we had Ben McGregor here, um, and a whole lot of cool stuff happened. And I just want to share one story with you, um, which was with one of our young people. um, And his name is Josh, Josh Harold. And he had had a hip injury. He had hurt his hip playing football. Um, and he had received some prayer for it um, during youth group, and some of the pain had gone away. And when Ben at Night Church invited people to stand, and if they had any pain in their body, um, Josh stood up um, and on the spot was completely healed. All the pain went away. His hip was totally fine. So I was like, yeah, praise God. <laughs> um, but I was talking to um, Andrea, Josh's mom. Is Andrea here? No, okay, cool. Well, um, no, not cool. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I shouldn't. Um, but I was talking to her about it, and she was saying how she had gone to the physio with Josh the next day. And the, the physio was saying, well, what's going on here? You had all this, all this pain, and your movement was restricted last week. What's happened? And Josh got to share the story. Well, well, actually, God healed me. I, um, I, I can't explain it other than I believe that God has the power to heal. I got prayed for and I'm healed. And <laughs> I, I laughed because Andrea quickly said, oh, we had, to, we had to jump in and say to the physio, oh, you did a really good job too. <laughs> God just did better. Um, but um, so Josh got the opportunity not just to experience God's goodness, but he shared his story on Monday night with the combined youth event, um, and he also got to share with his physio. Now, we don't know what God's doing in that person's heart, um, but that's a simple way just to, to tell the current stories of what God's up to in your life. We've uh, started a little thing at our young adults group, trying to do this as well. Every week, well, every couple of weeks, um, opening up the floor to say, what's, what are our God stories? What's, what's going on um, in your life right now? Because that's how we are witnesses to what God's up to. It's a simple case of giving credit where credit's due. 
in, in the Bible, uh, when there's a story where a man was healed and he asked Jesus what he should do. And Jesus said, go back home and tell, peop- tell people how much God has done for you. It's a simple way we can share the good news. Just before we move on, um, we've ta- so far I've talked a lot about what we talk about, the words that we share, but our call is actually beyond that. We're called to be the good news with our lives as well, and unfortunately today I'm not going to really get to dive into this, but all I want to say is that our choice to follow Jesus and our example to people is more than just words. Uh, we're, we're called to demonstrate it with our whole lives too. And if we really want to follow Jesus' example, then it means caring for the underdogs. Jesus was all about going to and caring for the poor, the sick, the needy, the aged, the blind, the lepers, the mentally ill, the orphans, the imprisoned, the homeless, the widows. He didn't go after the cool, successful people, the the rich, the, the ones with status in the day. Jesus cared about the ones that the world wanted to reject. So for us, when we think about this good news, our good news has to be good news for the poor, if it's good news at all. It has to be good news across everyone in our society. Now, (laughs) you might have noticed um, some certain smells wafting around in there. You may have noticed some popcorn drifting around. Like, the Bible talks about a few different images for what we're to be like in, in the world. And this, as I was praying over this message this week, this is a picture that came to me um, really strongly. And the Bible talks about us being a sweet fragrance in the world. Now, how many, how many of you at the moment can smell popcorn? <laughs> Depending on who you ask, that might, it may or may not be a sweet fragrance. <laughs> um, I googled it. It's in the top 10 best smells. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but here's the thing. This, this sense of smell, um, I got this sense of this, and I think God brought it to my attention because smell permeates everywhere. You, you sense it. You, before you even saw the popcorn, you probably smelled it. Um, you notice its presence, and this is what we're called to be in our communities. Um, not just here, locked away in a building, but we're called to scatter, to go, and, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, to spread our aroma. <laughs> um, in every workplace, in every school, in every supermarket, notice that it does say a sweet smell. Um, <laughs> so I've got a scripture up there from Second Corinthians. It says, through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation, an aroma redolent with life. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. Bit of a weird note to end on. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but the, the other thing with smells is that... God's made us in a way where smells are really closely linked with our memory, that you can smell something and it will take you back to a certain place, um, good or bad. Um, and I love this picture that 
if we are the aroma of God, if we are this sweet fragrance in our community, that we can actually remind people that there is a God who loves them, that we can be signposts to uh, the good father <laughs> that people need to know. Um, the other thing about smells is that they, um, they linger on after you've left. They're, they're not just a presence that permeates, but they're a presence that stays and has an impact. And this is how we're to live our lives, as a sweet aroma in our community. Now that, I know that last line is a little, little funny, like the stench from a rotting corpse. Um, I once left some pulled pork in my car for a couple of weeks, and I, I feel like I know what this is talking about. Um, but what Paul's saying is that ultimately we can't really determine how people are going to receive the news we carry. All we can do is sing the song, be the good smell, <laughs> um, but don't, don't let people's reaction to that discourage you from doing that. All right, so we're, be a good smell and also feel free to eat the popcorn. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about going. This whole movement towards people, this is part of our mission, to go towards. Well, what about bringing? We're to follow Jesus' model to go, but we're also to follow his model to bring. See, Jesus, did you know, Jesus was an inviter. He, he was someone who said to people, come and see. Come and experience the goodness of God. Come and see what real life is like. When he was gathering disciples, he was asked, where are you staying? Uh, Rabbi, where are you staying? I want to come and learn from you. And his answer was, come and see. Come and see. Listen to what um, Andrew did. Um, he was one of the ones who went and saw. Uh, this is what we read in John 1. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we've found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. See, part of our mission is to be a good bringer, to invite people along to meet Jesus. You know, people love the thought of leaving a legacy with their life. Um, they love the thought of having something that goes on beyond their time here. So, you know, sometimes people will think about having a building named after them, um, say, a tower. Um, or they will, <laughs> they will love the idea of maybe having a street named after them. Um, or creating an institution or an organization that goes on beyond them. But you know what's better than all of that? Knowing that you had a part to play in someone coming to know God. It's actually the best thing. There's no bigger or better impact than you can have on someone's life. And invitations are powerful. There's something compelling about a personal invite. And that's why every major app or uh, platform wants to give you rewards for inviting your friends to it. Because they know that there's nothing more powerful than a personal invite. Um, one of my closest friends, uh, a friend that I've had since kindergarten, um, we've been friends our, our whole lives pretty much, um, except for a little blip in primary school where he smashed a sandcastle, which I'd worked quite hard on. But um, aside from that, we've been friends our whole lives, and um, I got to be his, um, the best man at his wedding. And one of the, the greatest things that I ever got to do um, was to bring him to Jesus when, I, when we were in intermediate school, just through a simple invitation. Um, 
And we went through youth group together. Um, I've seen him grow a strong faith of his own. And now he's one of my closest Christian friends that I go to for spiritual support. I'm stoked about that. It's the coolest thing. <laughs> and the, it's, it's a crazy thing to get your head around that Jesus loves your friends even more than you do. <laughs> and he wants to impact their lives. Um, so who can we bring? We, we can bring everyone we know, anyone and everyone. The, the freeing thing about this as well is that we don't have to know everything first. We don't have to be theological superstars. We can just invite people to come and see. Come and see. There's a good God who loves you. One of the things that can sometimes hold us back is we think that just people aren't interested in God. People are happy in their own lives. They don't, they don't really want to know Him. They don't want to have spiritual conversations. But the thing is, regardless of what generation people come from, regardless of how people use technology, regardless of what age and stage of life they're in, people will always yearn for a connection with God because it's what they're made for. And people are searching for spirituality all over the place. Um, people are spiritually hungry. Um, you know, some of the stories we shared last week when Ben was here was from the outreach we did in Silverdale. I'm just spending some time going out into the streets, and we got to see a couple of people give their lives to Jesus. We, we got to pray for people for healing. Um, it was heaps of fun. It was such good fun. Um, but it was about half an hour. <laughs> it was about half an hour on the streets. Um, and I think that was one of the things that, for those of us who were there, was the most impacting. It was, there was so much what, what you could call low-hanging fruit of people who were just eager to meet with God. And all we had to do was step into it and say yes. So if you ever find yourself thinking, oh, look, I'm kind of going to have to push this person uphill to have this conversation, just know that uh, God will be at work in their life. So who could you bring? Who could you bring? And I, I don't mean that as a rhetorical question. I, well, I do, in that I don't want you to answer it out loud. But I, I want you to actually engage with that uh, who could you bring? Who could you bring to Jesus? Who could you tell the good, good news about what God's doing in your life? You know, there's a simple way to know if your life mission has ended. You're dead. <laughs> as long as you're alive, you have a mission. We all have a mission to share the good news of God. Um, I'm going to... Why don't we stand together? Can I invite you to stand? Now, I want to take a moment to pray and to listen to what God's saying to us this morning. Um, then I'm going to give you um, an invitation into this, to step into the journey and the adventure and the mission that, that God has for us. Um, I want to... I'm going to show you a little something here. We've got these tables up the front, and um, we've put together these little cards here, and what it is, it's just some, some fun pictures of what's been going on here at Coast Vineyard, and just a, a come along, a, a little come along to what, where we meet, this is who we are. Um, and this, we've put these together for so much more than just putting bums on seats. Uh, I hope you know. Well, the, the heart behind this is that we have in this community um, something really special, something good to share. And 
actually inviting people along to church is not just to get them through the door. It's because it's a key way that we get to share this message of hope that we have. And we get to see people's lives changed. The, the passage of the Bible that is sometimes called the Great Commission says, go into all the nations and make disciples. Make disciples. That doesn't happen in a one-off event. It happens over time. And that's why we gather here. So we're going to take a moment to pray. And I would love you as we pray to open your heart to God and think about the specific people and the specific places where you can share his good news. And we will, um, you're going to have an opportunity to come up and take some of these as a step towards God to say, yeah, I actually want to be part of this. I want to be part of this mission. I want to be a bringer. I want to be someone who calls people into the goodness of you. And for some of you this morning, you might feel prompted to go, to go to different places. And I would love to invite you as well to take one of these cards and put it somewhere where you'll see it often, uh, on your bedside table or on your dashboard, as a reminder that every day is a mission. Every day we're sent um, into the world by God. So why don't we pray? God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that there is good news and there is hope for us in you. And Jesus, we, we can be so exhausted and so um, reach the end of our strength when we try to do things on our own, but I thank you, God, that we don't have to, that you've, you laid down your life for us, that we don't have to strive, that we can just belong to you. And Father, this morning, I pray you would come and speak to us. You'd speak to us about the places that you're sending us to go as individuals and as a community. But we say, come, Lord, come and, come and move here, Lord, we say. Come and show us the places that you want us to go. Come and stir our hearts um, with boldness and with courage to go into the unknown, Lord. So Lord, we take a moment to, to listen to you, to listen for your voice. Come, Lord. God, I pray as well that we would be embodying your good news in this community. Think of that map we saw. God, would you help us to be a sweet fragrance in this place? Would you help us to be faithful to you? Okay, church, so if this is something you'd like to step into, if this is something that you feel God is 
prompting you to, to do, to step more into being a bringer? To open up your life, to do things alongside others so that you might reach them and share your faith. Then I'd like to invite you to come up now, and it might get a little bit messy, that's okay. But I would like, you to, I'd like to invite you to take a step and, and take some of these cards with you. You can take a stack, take as many as you want. Um, but with each one of them, take them back to where you're standing now, and we're just going to pray together um, afterwards. Pray that um, this wouldn't be a mechanical thing for us, that this wouldn't just be a thing that we do out of obligation, but that our hearts would be moved as well for the people around us. And like I said before, it's not something we have to do on our own. God, God blesses this. So come up now, if that's you, come and grab some cards, and then we'll pray. So God, I thank you for your church. I thank you that it's not on, you don't put this on one person, but you use your whole body to go out into the world. And Father, would you go with us? It's, you say in your word, God, that you will give us power by your Holy Spirit. And we pray for that this morning. God, come and fill us. Come and empower us for the work that you've called us to. And God, for every person who's um, taken a step towards that this morning, God, I pray again for boldness, for wisdom, for, for words of knowledge, for pictures, for your spirits leading and nudging um, to have those conversations, God. We pray for good stories, and we trust that you, uh, you're already at work, God. And we talked this morning about the good news. And I want to give an opportunity before we close, just for anyone here who feels like, I don't, I don't even know if I've experienced this of God before. I, don't, I didn't know that this was available to me. Or, or just that I want to say yes to God. I want to say yes to this thing of, of a life of, of hope and freedom. 
It's on offer this morning, and God wants to give that to you. We would love to pray for anyone uh, who would like that this morning. We'd also love to pray if there's anybody who's got any kind of sickness or pain in their body, pray for healing for that. Um, And also for that, that word of God empowering by the Holy Spirit. If you feel like you would love to see more of God's power in your life for this, to be better equipped for this, then we'd love to pray into that too. So can I just ask that you show a bit of boldness here by just raising a hand and we'd just love to pray for you. If any of those are for you, can we just um, get you to pop your hand up there? Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anyone else who wants to get some prayer this morning? Sweet. So if you, um, if you popped your hand up just before, can I get you just one more time to, to stick it up? And we're going to gather some people around to pray for you. Um, so there's um, a couple of people on the bleachers here and one, and one in the middle section down here. We're going we're gonna to wrap up the service um, and there'll be prayer happening. Um, we've had our kids come back in. It's, it's all cool. Um, but I just want to um, just pray for us as we close. God, I thank you that you're at work. And pray you'd just be stirring in us, not just this morning, but all through this week. Keep speaking to us, God, and keep leading us. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Well, I am excited to hear about the stories that you're going to bring back (laughs) in the weeks to come. Um, So be blessed. That's our service this morning. Um, We'll see you again next week.